Jeff. Eric. Jeff. Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Another great week for It's the Real. How do we do it? How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Another great week for It's the Real. How do we do it? We're not gonna tell the people how we do. We're not gonna tell the people how we do. We're not gonna tell the people how we do. How we do. How we do. What's that? Fullscreen.com. What's that? A waste of time if it's the real. What's that? Fullscreen.com. What's that? A waste of time if it's the real. What's that? Fullscreen.com. Fullscreen.com. Fullscreen.com slash it's the real. Time not. A waste of A waste of time. A waste of time. We're gonna celebrate. Oh yeah, alright. Don't stop the dancing. A waste of time. We're gonna celebrate. Oh yeah, alright. Don't stop the dancing. A waste of time. A waste of time. Do it right. You can do it, baby. Do it tonight. 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 I don't need y'all, baby. Y'all, I don't need Chris. That's the show. Oh, yeah. I'm like, hey, man, Gucci, don't be mad, nigga. A waste, a waste of time. Let's go, let's go. Cooking dope. A waste, a waste of time. Telling white, telling me. A waste, a waste of time. But two bad bitches. A waste, a waste of time. 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 Hummy poop, hummy moth. A waste, a waste of time. Hold the soap, pop the bottle. A waste, a waste of time. Nah, for real, for real. Nah, for real. Get for down! Real. You are now listening to Get down! Nah, for real, for real. Get down! And that would be Get down! The Neptunes Get down! And the new label What's that? Get down! A waste of time with It's The Real. Nah, for real, for real. It's on the rise. Fuck them other guys. I even gave them a chance to decide. Nah, it's something they know. They know. Ow. 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 Yeah. 
be yelling out money over everything, money on my mind Then she wanna ask when it got so empty, tell her I apologize A waste of time She says they missed the old Drake, girl, don't tempt me if oh, you yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, a waste of time, what's that? That's the show On this week's episode of A Waste of Time, we have Naomi Zeichner, the editor-in-chief of Fader. And she talks about growing up in Georgia. She talks about Bubba Sparks. She talks about going to school in Portland. She talks about working in coffee shops here in New York City. Let's get into this episode. When do you think? Right now. Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. Gun Talk, a.k.a. Glockenspiel. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, a.k.a. Still Getting Cake, a.k.a. Dylon, 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 Dylon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yo, what's up? It's Naomi, aka Lil Info. Oh, oh, that's pretty good. This is a waste of time with this is the real. <laughs> Naomi, welcome to our Upper West Side apartments. Thank you. I was yeah. so excited to be here. Before we get started, we should mention that this is being taped for fullscreen.com. Yes. The greatest part of that is. That if you listen to us on fullscreen.com slash it's the real, you can actually watch our episodes a week earlier than anywhere else. Yeah, not only listen, you can watch on fullscreen.com. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, well, you could, oh, right, you could play and then just listen to it in the background. Yeah. But whatever it is, you get it a week early. That's Misinfo, Angie, uh, Charlemagne the God, DJ we, Drama. Yeah. A whole bunch of people have been on here. Now, Naomi Zeichner, the editor in chief of Fader, is here with us. Welcome. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> so, you know what's interesting? There's a lot of interesting things, but the latest bit of news that I saw about you was our mutual friend Phil Chang did this thing for Bond Street, which is a small business lender, and he, he created this zine called For New York, and we were invited to be a part of it. Um, Miss Info was on it. Uh, Angie is going to be on it. Fabulous. Patrick Ewing. Yeah, a lot of like a lot of people like you know from around the city talking about small businesses, small business, independent businesses that they support. You were on there, and you went around Brooklyn and found your bagel spot, a grocery store. What was the third? Oh, hardware store. We went to the hardware store. I feel like Phil was like, I'm not sure. It was like a franchise, like a true value. He was like, I don't know if this works. I was like, go with me, Phil. Did you have Did you have any problems like letting the, like getting pictures taken there or anything? No, I actually thought it was really, it was, it was really awkward for me actually to like go into these places that I go. Like I actually recently we went to one like, uh, like a Lebanese grocery store and I was back there like the other day and mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, this guy like knows. Yeah, like, like the girl who he came thinks in. you're a star now. And That's took right. a picture. Yeah. yeah. And, like I like couldn't look him in the eye. I think we might be the only ones that got kicked out of places. The first, like the first place we went, a, a toy store that we go to, it's our go-to toy store on the Upper West Side. Yeah. We're for no- gifts for children. We are not, not going to shout them out because they kicked us out. Because they were crazy. like, we don't, we don't need you taking pictures. And then we were here. like, all right, well, maybe we'll go to the place I get my hair cut at, which also they, um, they buy and sell gold <laughs> on <So>. the side. <laughs> and so uh, we were not allowed to shoot there either. Yeah. So the first two places that we wanted to go to support them, yeah. to promote their independent businesses, kicked us the hell out. So I feel like we actually we did go to a donut shop and they were like, no, not we're, we're good. And I was like, I'm good too. <laughs> Have you been back there since? Uh, no, just because it's down the street, but I love that donut shop. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> no, I'm good. We're good. How long have you lived in New York City? 
I've lived in New York City since 2009, so I guess like seven years. And Is how, that seven years? Yeah, ha, yeah. yeah. How many yeah. different places have you lived? Oh, my God. Uh, four or five. Oh. Any like particularly good or bad ones? The first one was really bad. Really I, bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I came to New York like the day I graduated college or whatever, like right right away. And so I was just living in my brother's apartment because he was in Brazil. And so I was like hanging out with his roommate all the time, who I actually saw the other day for the first time in many years. And I was he like, He works What's at the up? Lebanese hardware. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a professor. He's cool. But uh, I, I was like sleeping on a futon that was like, like a couch. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. it wasn't, yeah, one of it wasn't folded couches. down. Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't so even was, stay in your brother's place? <laughs> no, like, I was staying in his room, but something was messed up with the futon and I like didn't fix it. I like, it was bad. I was working um, at a coffee shop like really early in the morning. I feel like I had like, I was like sleeping only in the afternoon really? or something. Like I was like raging all night yeah, yeah, and then yeah. like going straight to work. And then, I mean, we've met you, like, Naomi. You're, <laughs> you're crazy. I really, I mean, this was like, I was, it was seven years ago. I was much younger then. Um, so that was like a really weird summer. And then me and my brother moved into another nicer place um, in Bed-Stuy, which I remember actually, like, I remember when we moved in thinking, like, oh, my God, I'm, like, moving on up. This is, like, the nicest place I've ever lived. And it was, like, a really nice block. But then, then like, for the whole winter, that winter, like, no one would come to my house. People were like, I have to ride the bus to get to your house. <laughs> so it was, like, pretty far from the G and pretty far from the A as well. And, uh, but now, like, it's just crazy to me to see how... Bet like everybody lives in Bedstein now. Like all those people who like wouldn't come to my house yeah. are all like come to the bar in Bedstein. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no. <laughs> Someone told me the other night at our friend's birthday party that the Upper East Side is cheaper in terms of rent than a lot of places in Brooklyn now. Yeah, I think that's true. Which is wild. That's it's just wild. like my boyfriend tells me that too. But just he, repeatedly, he's, he's like, just, hey, no, he's let's like, move to the Upper East Side. And I'm like, that really no. is moving on up, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on up to the east side. Yeah, but the Upper East Side stinks. It does stink, but it could be the new Bushwick. <laughs> yeah, Park Avenue is the new Bushwick. <laughs> You're from, originally from Athens, Georgia, right? Yes. Born there. Yes. You are the, what, you have an older brother? Uh, yeah, I have an older brother and a younger brother, so I'm in the oh, middle. Oh, you're the middle child. Yeah. Do you have middle child syndrome? Uh, what does that mean to you? I, you know, like, um, is acting that what, out. Yeah, you need, like, lots of attention. <laughs> yeah. Or, I feel like something I'm, in my family, I'm always like, nobody listens to me. <laughs> yeah, that's But that's they don't. <laughs> <laughs> wow, um, you're so Jan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is your younger brother, like, doted upon? He's, like, the sweetest of us all. So, yes, but deservedly so. Deservedly huh, so. So, sort of yeah. like Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to keep making Brady Bunch that's references. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and your older brother, uh, how much older is he than you? Uh, I think it's like two and a half or three years. He is 1984 and I'm 1987. I don't even, I don't know how old he is (laughs) now. Uh, But he got married last weekend. Oh, congratulations. Or actually, no, he's been married, but he had a wedding. Oh, okay. yeah. It's kind oh. of complicated, okay. but it's not that complicated. Does that mean you celebrated less? <laughs> no, it was lit. We had a good time. <laughs> DJ or band? Uh, DJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, DJ. That's fun. cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Okay, so you're from Athens, Georgia. Uh, Athens has this reputation for being like really liberal and like, is it fair to say hippie-ish? Uh, I wouldn't call it actually super hippie-ish. Like, I guess there are some, in Georgia, they would be considered hippies, but I don't think there's like a, there's not, it doesn't feel like Berkeley. Yeah. <laughs> you or, know? or like Austin in Texas. Like Yeah. Like, I would more like well, Austin like the, in Texas. The blueberry and like the tomato soup. Yeah, yeah. That's what they call it. Yeah. <laughs> I think that might be yes. what they call it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It is. I mean, it's, so Athens is like in the smallest county in Georgia. Basically, like the city is the county. Mm-hmm. And 
it's yeah. So it's the smallest and most liberal county in Georgia, basically. I mean, How outside far of the from Atlanta, metro Atlanta area. is it? So it's like forty-five miles, which used to be like forty-five minutes, but it's now like an hour and a half. Oh, what Whoa. happened? There's lots of cars. Oh, There's yeah. lots of people. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it depends. Also, like where you're going in Atlanta. Atlanta is quite a quite a big place. Sure. Yeah. Well, I'm going to the 1996 Olympics. Well, yeah. So. <laughs> Did you go to the 1996 Olympics? Oh, my God. No. I was at camp. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think we went to the Paralympics as a family, which I remember being like, that is not. It's not. (laughs) Like, I remember being kind of. But then actually when we were there, being like so proud. (laughs) But uh, at camp, we watched some of it on the big screen. And it was like such a huge thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I definitely have like the I'm really I'm really into all the merch. And I don't. I feel like I wish I was like, oh, here's my huge collection of Atlanta '96 <laughs> merch. Like I'm sure, like Rembert has. Yeah, like, I was just gonna say, like, yeah, like, does have a huge collection. Yeah. But I, yeah, I have like some stuff with that the Izzy character, which was like oh the weirdest God. mascot yeah. of all time. <laughs> By the way, the Tokyo Olympics is going to be amazing for merch. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> is that like, what's next? Yeah, that's the 2020 ones. Oh, I wonder if they're the gonna... prime minister just popped out of a uh, Super Mario like <laughs> pipe. Oh my God, that's I, cool. I yeah. like loved the Olympics growing up, and now I really think like. They have to rethink the Olympics. I agree. So, it's really fucked up, I think. But what do you mean rethink them? They should, like, make permanent Include stadiums less countries? Oh. or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, it shouldn't be such a burden. Like, just... No financial. I don't believe yeah. in it. Just the other day, I was watching um, a, a real sports, like, hour-long thing on how bad the Olympics are, right? It's just like... You mean for the hosting cities? For everyone. For everyone? Yeah, for the athletes, it's Uh, terrible. America just won two-thirds of the medals. America's doing great. Right, sure. Just for all of us. Except for anybody who's, you know, infected by Zika or... um, That's not the Olympics' fault. Yes, it is. (laughs) Yes. No, and one one of the things was, let's say not the professional basketball players who go down there, people who um, sail or Mm -hmm. people who are doing, like, diving, right? Right, and they're just, like, swimming through polluted waters. Well, yeah, Yeah. this this is their primary income. Yeah. And it's not that much. And they train for, let's say, four years or longer to get to this one thing. And the Olympics are forcing you to go do your craft in a place where there's <laughs> crazy diseases. And that's the same thing as like being a philosophy major. <laughs> go on. Why would you do that? <laughs> yeah, why? What's the point? <laughs> OK, so Athens, Georgia, what did your parents do down there? So we, my family was down there because my dad is a was a professor. So he like they got he got a job at the university down mm-hmm. there. So he was a psychology professor, mm-hmm. and my mom is like an, a landscape architect by trade, but oh, cool. kind of like doesn't really do that. Doesn't do that now. Now okay. she's just like a hustler. She yeah. actually like works at she works at Jewish camp, and she's a potter and some other stuff. Whoa, yeah. <laughs> your mom sounds dope. This my does sound like Berkeley. Do- yeah. yeah, no, <laughs> I don't know. Was she um, a philosophy major? <laughs> No. So, yeah, but they, uh, my dad's from Israel, and my mom had, like, my mom lived in Israel, and that's why, that's where they met, and then they lived in Canada. Uh, I guess he, yeah, my dad was going to school, and they lived in Canada, and then they moved to Athens. But the, like, the family legend is, like, we could have moved to Chicago. We could have moved to New Orleans, but, like, (laughs) we just did Athens. (laughs) And now they love it. Like, I I feel like my parents would be so, I would love if my parents moved somewhere else, Mm -hmm. like, to Miami or something. (laughs) Would be chill. Uh, Or whatever. But I think they are there. They like it there. And I I do like it there. It's a very cool place. How often do you make it back? Not not very often. I kind of, like, um, you know, maybe once a year. I've been going for past. Over yeah. is like the t- a nice time to go. Do you have hometown pride? 
Totally. Yeah. I mean, I think like maybe even I feel like when I moved uh, to Portland for college, I was like, I actually had like crazy hometown pride. I was like, all of you guys are stupid. And, like, <laughs> the way I was raised is so right. I mean, I think it was a very cool place to grow up. Like mm-hmm. it was uh, just like a very safe space to wild out in like a lot of different ways. Like like I had friends who had like forests in their yard and cows and shit like you could like wild out in that way. <laughs> Or you could, like, go to a show, like, um, in, like, a totally, I don't know, like... Yeah, who played in Athens? I feel like who were the big bands when I... I mean, it was kind of, like, the second wave of the whole Elephant Six thing. So, like, not Neutral Milk Hotel and Olivia Tremor Control, but, like, Elf Power. And I don't know. But there was also, like, I was pretty heavily involved in kind of this, like, like folk punk right. scene. Um, that was just like a bunch of little bands that you'd never heard of. But by the way, Eric has never heard of any of the bands that you named. I, I imagine. No, yeah, I, I mean, like, and why, yeah. but like, why would you? Have? Yeah. <laughs> I, I only um, knew Neutral Milk Hotel. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I do not. Yeah, <laughs> but but Athens is is famous for like REM, B fifty twos, and most importantly, Bubba Sparks. Yes. <laughs> now, yes. did you did you did Bubba Sparks hit at the right time where you were just like ah. Oh, Athens, Georgia, like, this yeah. is one of our own. Naomi was, like, yes. all about hip-hop. <laughs> yes. But, I mean, for, like, lots of reasons. I feel like, you know, like, uh, Uncle Cracker had a really big single. Like, you sure, know, yeah. obviously was, like, very raised on, like, Missy. and t- So, like, all of those sounds were very relevant. But I have a couple of Bubba Sparks stories. Yeah. One oh. is that at Hebrew school, which was, like, like walking distance from the public library in town, there was, like, a rumor that there was a white guy giving out tapes at the library. <laughs> and everybody was, like... Who's doing this? And like, I'm pretty sure it was Bubba Sparks. I don't want to be like, I know Bubba, because I definitely, I was not there. I did not receive a tape from Bubba Sparks at the public library <laughs> after Hebrew school, but somebody did. Um, Your brother. Yeah. <laughs> and my other, like, there, there's a, there's like a late, well, I don't even know if you call this late period Bubba Sparks, but when he was sort of involved in the Purple Ribbon stuff, mm-hmm. which was like when I was at college, mm-hmm. um, he had a song on one of those big boy tapes called Pocket Full of Mid, which I like mm-hmm. looked up mm-hmm. today and like barely exists on the internet anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but on that song, he's talking about selling weed at the sitgo on Lumpkin, which is a specific gas station. <laughs> one of my favorite gas stations in Athens, Georgia, that was right down the street from like my best friend growing up brother's house where we like always used to hang out, you know, like her, the yeah. older brother where, where you just hang out and smoke weed mm-hmm. and sell weed. And I used to sell weed also at that same sitco on Lumpkin. And I remember like, Wait, like were you like real territorial? No, like, oh, it wasn't God. like, Bubba I wasn't Sparks like is telling your story. It wasn't like my corner. It was just like literally like a place that I often was. So it was like, uh, but I remember being at college hearing this, in this period of extreme hometown pride and yeah. being in Portland, Oregon, where like nobody smoked mids, which was mm-hmm. a big concern of mine when I moved to college. <laughs> I was like, why don't people out here smoke mids? Like what the, why are you paying like top grade for this weed? That's too good. Yeah. No, actually was it no customers for you or everyone was a customer? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, at this point I didn't, I didn't have any customers anymore, but um, yeah. So, so just, I love mids and I love Bubba Sparks. You know, um, <laughs> When Bubba first came out and and uh, they put out his first song in the video, it was like ugly. Yeah, but it wasn't even my favorite Bubba Sparks. Like clearly, like I think the critical favorite is Deliverance, and yeah. it's it's that's just a, a great album. I mean, minus like a couple of different songs, but it's a fantastic album, and it's like everything that I think you hoped you would get from like that collaboration between him and Timbaland. Mm-hmm. But like the ugly and um, 
Although maybe Ugly's like grown on me a little bit. I like bit. Ugly a lot. You I, liked it I immediately? To, yeah, I loved that song. Really? I bought Dark Di- Dark Days, uh, whatever nights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hellish Nights or whatever. Something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I think Bright bright Days, Dark Nights. Or Something dark like that. Day, whatever. whatever. I, yeah. I bought it. The fact is I bought it. Big Bobo <laughs> Sparks fan. Um, wasn't a huge fan of Miss New Booty. No, but that was later. Yeah. That was later. That, But, like, it just, it felt to me like he was trying to play a character, and then the second album, Deliverance, like, felt more like, yeah, that's his real story. Like, yeah. it was just, like, the sounds made sense, and, like, did you know kids like him? Did you know those, like, really rural, like... That's what I was going to say. Like, it doesn't, I don't know if it even ever felt like a character to me, because you kind of do know that person. Mm-hmm. I don't know, if, but I didn't know any of them who could actually rap. So that's, <laughs> like, that were, like, who knew any cool producers. Did you go to public school or private school? I went to public school, yeah. And how big was your, like, graduating class? I think, I mean, it was, like, bigger than my college. It was, like, the Where'd school was 2,000 people... And but the whole thing is that the graduating class is like 300 people because mm-hmm. everybody drops out. Oh, <laughs> um, I went to college at Reed College, which is like oh, yeah. 1,200 people or something, which I Steve knew because I used to work in the mailroom. Right? Yeah, but he dropped out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah That's yeah, like yeah, yeah. the cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I like hated it there. But like I was just so, or like I hated it there at first. When I moved there, I was so miserable because I just wanted to be back with Bubba Sparks smoking weed yeah. yeah, like, yeah. at, at the library. <laughs> But yeah, there was, I mean, I, I think like growing up, all the white kids were, were pretty into hip hop that mm-hmm. I knew, but there was like a lot of, there's just, I guess there's like a whole spectrum of rednecks, you know what I mean? That's what people don't really understand is like, there's super racist rednecks and mm-hmm. then there's super hypey, like hypey, yeah. hypey rednecks. Yeah. Very cosmopolitan <laughs> rednecks. Yeah. Did yeah. you ride in the back of any pickup trucks? Sure. Oh. Yeah. I mean, not, not off. I don't know. Not, That's not, a, not, got a, over not here. as a yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think my closest friends in in high school were like kind of like these like crust punk townies or like the kids who had also gone to Montessori for pre- you know what I mean. Yeah, like yeah, I right. I was like at the end of the day mostly hanging out with like the fr- the freaky people. Was there any thought that you would be uh, going to college where your father worked? Well, I mean, sort of. It's like in in Georgia, there's this thing called the Hope Scholarship that if you get above an 85 average, you go to college for free. So obviously, that's very enticing. At like uh, in Georgia, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, and I think then people who are are excellent academically go to UGA. But there's also all these like middle Georgia and Georgia Southern and all Mid. these, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Uh, so no, but I think my parents actually were like very like you need to you need to get out of here. Where'd your brother go to school? He went to Brown. Okay. So, yeah, they were like, please. I mean, yeah. that was – and I think my parents even like, even like today are very kind of – in some, I don't know if disappointed is the right word, but like they would have liked me to go to graduate school. Like that was that was the hope yeah. for us all. I, I got that too. Like my parents I, – I went to school and I was like, this is going – I'm so focused. I'm going to be a filmmaker. Like my, my path is going to be a very straight one and I know my destiny and the whole thing. My parents were like, would you please – just do a liberal arts like base and then go to graduate school and focus then. And I'm like, I don't have the time to do this. And like, (laughs) I'm sure there was a period where like, you know, our parents were just like, what are you doing? When did you start becoming interested in like writing? When did you want to become a writer? Like after I got to New York, I think, I mean, I kind of like, I, I did, I had this sort of difficult experience in college where basically I just like felt really stupid for four years, you know? And I think that like, to some extent, uh, I don't know. I'm like, I didn't really in high school. I was just kind of hanging out, and I didn't have to do a lot of work, and I kind of hated going to school. And just did you have higher than an eighty-five? Oh average. yeah, totally. <laughs> Which wasn't. I mean, I, I, my school was not like. I mean, I, I guess I cared. I mean, I don't want to like sound like I was. You know, I I, I definitely like put in work and like mm-hmm. wanted to finish my stuff and cared, but I, I I just kind of like didn't. I don't know. 
I wasn't like that pressed on getting grades to get into a better school, I guess I right. could say. Mm-hmm. So then when I <laughs> then when I got to college, I was like, oh shit, everybody here is like really something. They were all just like, I don't know. They I I, I, I felt like very like unprepared. And I felt even though it was a very small school that nobody really like had my back or kind of understood my vibe. Mm-hmm. So I ended up studying art. It was like a pretty small school. So I was kind of like, okay, this is like the only place I fit in in this universe. And kind of like, you know, I wrote, I did a big writing project at the end of school, but I was like teaching a lot around Portland, around the community. And so I was kind of like, this is like, I'm like a, you know, like I, I need to be out here with people. So it was only kind of after I got to New York and I worked in education for a while mm-hmm. that I was like, I don't want to do this at all. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and now actually sometimes I'm like, I probably maybe I will end up doing, you know, education work or something like that um, or something that kind of combines a lot of these interests. But like, yeah, I think I started like I started hanging out with, with the guy who's my boyfriend now who was writing, kind of like hanging out with his people. And I had always like, you know, I was a big blog reader. Right. Uh, and sort of like music fan and was kind of like, wait, I, that I just sort of was like, what I actually want to be doing right. that would make me happier is this. Well, when you went, how many schools did you visit when you were considering colleges? Oh, like, a t- I mean, I did like a whole, like that whole drive with my mom. Mm-hmm. That was so terrible. Like, she was <laughs> like, I'm never talking to you again. You are the worst kid. Uh, and, but I didn't get into a lot of schools. Like, oh, really? yeah, it was kind of crazy. Like I, in Georgia, another thing is that you can graduate, you can go to college while you're in high school if you have like a certain amount of credits or something. So basically my senior year of high school, I was like taking a couple classes at UGA and then I Whoa. just graduated early. Cause like, again, like so many people don't graduate that like, it's pretty easy I had, whatever, I had the credits I needed. So then I was on this, like, road trip with this guy I was dating. And he was, like, older. And he was just, like, fuck college. And I was, like, fuck college. (laughs) And so I really just, like, wasn't even paying attention. Was that Steve Jobs? (laughs) (laughs) And then I, but I got back from this road trip and I was, like, fuck. Like, what am I going to do? And I got into, like, I got into a college in Canada. I got into Hampshire College on a scholarship that was only for black women. And I was, like... I had to call them and be like, guys, I'm not black. Wait, Whoa. how did that happen? I, you know, I, I would really like to know. <laughs> I think, I don't remember, like, I think, I think for that application, you had to write, like, if you, like, could add a class to the curriculum, what would it be? And I feel like maybe my answer to that was, like, super black. Like, yeah, I don't, yeah. seems possible <laughs> in their eyes. I don't know, but I remember that was, like, really confusing. And I was like, maybe I should go to this place for free. It's a free sky. And then I was like, this is, this is terrible. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I mean, I ended up, I mean, I went to Reed just cause I got in and cause, uh, and I thought Portland was like a cool place. And you did, you did visit Reed. Yes. My, one of my brother's friends from college was like there for a semester or something. So I like went and kicked it with her for a weekend. Did you, did you travel on your own when you were growing up? Like we, our cousins, like I remember, like it was just the craziest idea to me that when they were like. 11 12 that our aunt and uncle would drop them off at the at the airport and be like okay you know that's good insane luck. yeah it just it didn't make sense to me and they're they have their like eccentricities or whatever and but that's i i feel like for someone just to go clear across the country right is pretty brave like did you and if you feel lonely out there or like that no one gets you like that makes so much sense like i would be like like i only went you know five and a five hours north or four and a half hours north right. To, right. to syracuse you know yeah, I mean, I think I was, like I said, my parents were, like, pretty dead set on this idea that, like, college is the time to start your life independently of us. And I mm. I felt the same way. Mm. I don't know. I think, 
outside of this crazy road trip that I took when I was like 17 or 18 or whatever I was, uh, I did actually, me and my brother went to Europe one time when I think I was only 14 and I don't know how that they let us do this. Yeah. Yeah. But that was a crazy trip. Your older brother. My, so he, yeah, <laughs> he was like of a decent age and I think had already been, he like, he's like an academic who studies Latin America. So he had like spent a lot of time traveling. Yeah, but this is Europe. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So I guess they just trusted us, but we were like. I don't know. It was cool. <laughs> um, did Reed College have a sports team? No, but you have to take PE. Really? Or I guess they do. There's like lacrosse. I guess they have. I, uh, I do not know. But you have, like to, you have to take PE. And so my first semester there, I was like, I'm going to do independent swimming because that's like the most like GPE class you can do. Independent swimming? Yeah, because it was like, no one's going to, no one will know that I don't actually do it or whatever. And then I like, <laughs> they, they, there was this test. Oh, wait, it's like a, they, they trust you to go swimming. Like you go, that's like, the, that's the you're thing. like, I swim in a lake but I had and then to, like you, sw- you fill out a form that says I swim in a lake. I had to do a swim test and I like failed the swim test <laughs> so intensely. It was like so hard. So then I like the way, didn't. You, know you fail a swim test? You drown. <laughs> no, sure. I didn't drown, but I like could not keep going for an hour or whatever the hell they wanted you to do. I remember afterwards I was like, like. Anyway, they're so, training you to be a, like a lifeguard. Like, yeah, you are like, you sure this was? At they your were college? like, we will only trust <laughs> you to swim if you like can really swim. Which I get, and so and then I was just like, shit, and I kind of like avoided PE for a while, and then I was like, wait, I'm not going to graduate if I don't like start taking PE every quarter now. So, which was actually really good. I I think it was like a huge positive change in my life. Uh, and I like started that was the doing. Turnaround. It kind of was honestly like I got into yoga. Like had this amazing aerobics teacher whose name I can't remember now who like literally changed my life. So yeah, it was it was actually really like You don't remember good. the woman's name who I changed think she your life. She was Nancy. <laughs> Just trying to not get it wrong. She was so cool. Um, do you still do know. yoga today? No. So she changed your life for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I mean, I do spinning. Mm-hmm. So that's what I do now. That's cool. <laughs> it's actually the opposite of cool, Wait, but I enjoy it. Do you like I'm sure that I wish they played like the punk folk, you know, music while you yeah. while you spin now. Yeah. Well, that would be that literally terrible. That would be oh no. I go I go only to this one spin teacher because she plays rap music, yeah. and I f- I feel like there must be. But what kind of rap? Like, is she playing flow rider? No, she she's pretty good. She plays like future. Oh, cool. She okay, plays, so like, she's like down. Yeah, she's awesome, Tay. Yeah. Okay. She's really cool. But remember her name? <laughs> I feel like there's gotta be like other people in New York City who play. Kodak Black while exercise is happening mm-hmm. and like I would like I would like to meet them as well, well. so if anybody knows please contact us at yeah. it's the real <laughs> yeah at Nomi Zeichner why is it Nomi and not Naomi is I there mean, another Naomi Zeichner I you know I don't know I mean I growing up like in in Hebrew or something you would just say Nomi mm-hmm. like yeah so yeah, it's like so everybody just call me Jewish, Nomi yeah. so it's just Nomi gotcha but like I don't I'm not somebody who gets tight about how people pronounce my name. Like, you could say my name, however, and I would not care. Is Naomi Zegner close? Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. How, how would you theoretically pronounce it if you were exactly right? I, I mean, I, I, I think, that, I don't know. That's Everything is good, but yeah. Sharon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I believe it's Sharon. whatever. Um, but yeah. Um, wait, what shows did you see when you were in, uh, Athens and Atlanta? Like, when you were in Georgia, like, growing up, like, did you see any rap shows? I don't know. There was, like, some local rappers. This guy called Issue, I think. Issue. That I feel like I was, like, supportive of. Uh, no, I didn't go to, I mean, that's, I didn't go to Atlanta that much, actually, growing up. To this, like, that kind of blows my mind now. But it's weird, sort of. I mean, we would go for, like, 
Freaknik. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> theater. <laughs> or, like, going to museums and stuff. Like, I don't, but it's actually, it, it's not that far. Like, to me, that's kind of weird that as a high schooler, I didn't do more of that. Yeah, where were your class trips to? To, God, I don't know. The Coca-Cola Museum yeah, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't go on a lot. Of, I'm like, did, why did we go on more class trips? Uh, there was an aquarium in Tennessee. That's like, that was the big. That was closer? Well, what's Chattanooga is like just across the board. It's like basically North yeah. Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now there's an aquarium in Atlanta, which is better than the Tennessee Aquarium. Uh, that's wow. what we heard from our friend Marsha, actually. She told yeah. us about that, that she meant to take her son to that. And she you missed out by not Georgia that. Pride. <laughs> well, did you have... Did, before you left for college, do you feel like you had, like, a real Southern accent? No. And I think everybody... Because, like, my parent, My mom's from New York and my dad's from Israel. My mm-hmm. dad has, like, the craziest accent because he, like, grew up in Israel. But, like, before it was a state with, like, a Swiss nanny, Whoa. German parents. And so, like, he talks... and But he, like, tries to talk in a Southern <laughs> accent. So he just sounds crazy. Uh, the worst accent I ever heard, by the way, was a girl on my freshman year floor who had a South African meets Long Island accent. <laughs> That's it was it was the worst the worst combination. <laughs> well, it's no. like eating mayonnaise and like you know horseshit. How, well, how about your roommate senior year? <laughs> oh yeah. Um, so this girl, uh, she she was like yelling at this cat. She was like, "Where are you going?" And I was like, "Oh, this girl. Like I've never met her. I'm living with her. She's uh she's like I, I guess she's from another country." So I go and I ask her. I say, "Where are you from?" And she goes, "Utah." <laughs> Utah. <laughs> Utah. <laughs> And they had a cat that lived in their, like, fire trap yeah. of a home. Mufasa, where are you going? And you called it? Cat. Yeah, cat. Yeah. <laughs> it was called Mufasa? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, I think if I'm in Georgia and I've, like, been out for the night, <laughs> I can definitely do a good southern accent. <laughs> but did you, did y'all, was y'all, like, a part of your everyday vernacular? Oh, totally. I mean, I, I wish I could actually remember, like, I feel like there was, like, a pretty active slang life. That was, like, definitely, like, a trickle down. I mean, something that's so interesting to me going back to Georgia now and, like, maybe one of the reasons that it doesn't... I don't know. Like, everybody in Athens has iPhones now. I mean, like, obviously, why wouldn't they? But I feel like there was this time where Athens, like, was so... Disconnected? So disconnected. I remember, like, visiting our family friends when I was a kid and they had pogs and then like hmm. literally like a year later like pogs showed up on the playground in Athens and just being like you know like it felt very behind I feel like we used to say like yeah so I don't I don't know where the hell we were getting slang from but it was like definitely old slang so um <laughs> we see we didn't we didn't go to to uh sleepaway camp or anything we went to a day camp so we were still like in the area our our bubble was sort of like you know limited right and I remember in, I guess I was around 13 years old, or 14, actually. I guess I was just starting to work at camp, too. Same camp, purchase day camp. We went there and then worked there, and it was just the greatest. Like, we made our best friends from there and everything. But I remember this one kid, Joe, said he used the term herb. And I was like, oh, my God. He invented Genius, it, yeah. and it is the greatest <laughs> thing ever. I was like, Joe is so cool. Meanwhile, like, I'm Joe's sure. Joe's a herb. <laughs> yeah, Joe really is a herb. <laughs> yeah. so funny. But, like, you know, at that age, you just think that, like, you know, oh, yeah. it was invented here, and it was living here, and... It is, like, crazy how words get invented, though. Sure. Sorry. Or I know I sound like I'm, like, smoking mid, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, you went to you went to sleepaway camp, or... Yeah, I went to the sleepaway camp that now my mom works at. Um, like, not... 
I feel I didn't I was never like a counselor there or anything. Mm-hmm. I I wasn't into camp really. Or I was I it was okay. I don't know. I wasn't <laughs> that into it. But my parents like a big mantra like we did have a temple in our town, but it was like we like my I think there was one other Jewish kid at my high school besides me and my brother. One other Jewish kid at your high school. Yeah. So wow. was, like and, and our temple in our town was, was for like the name? whole region. Isaac Piha. Wow. Oh my god, that's so very Jewish. Jewish. Yeah. yeah. Uh <laughs> so but like, so it was very important for them. They were like, how you know that that we were raised Jewish and that we have a Jewish life. So right. like, I think I was like six when they sent me to camp. It was the summer Jerry Garcia died. I remember like oh. big <laughs> big deal at camp. <laughs> um, and big deal for me. I mean, like you know, were it you was, a big deadhead at age six? <laughs> I I definitely was like. I mean, that summer I was with the cause. So much ass. Once once he died, <laughs> Naomi didn't you know didn't know who to follow. Yeah. yeah. No, but I actually do think I was exposed to, like, you know, there was a lot of bad music at camp, I would say. Like, a lot of super <laughs> bad music. Uh, like, a lot of Dave and Fish, which I was like, I mean, know, they're not they're not dead. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah definitely still still happening at Jewish camps all over the country. But I feel like, you know, like, I have, like, a burned Buju Bantan CD that mm-hmm. I got from who knows Hold who on, what? at camp. <laughs> that, like, was really, that I, you know, like, I think about how... How old were you when you had a Buju Bantan CD? <laughs> I don't know probably like eight nine or something like that and that was like those like i think back now and i'm like oh that's like a significant part of the landscape or something like i don't know like so yeah there was there was cool shit happening i mean it definitely shaped your virulent uh homophobic views (laughs) (laughs) wait so where do you fall with 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 modest yahoo then i'm not oh wow have any negative feelings though like i think about like the joy that somebody like my father like i don't know if my dad knows who modest yahoo is but if he did i know he would like it and like that makes me happy mm-hmm. our cousin's grandmother or great-grandmother who's like a hundred years old mm-hmm. maybe even more she, than no that. she just turned 100 she went to modest yahoo's concert oh and God. was front row but and, like all yeah. those people like you know celebrated her and like yeah. you know like she was a mascot that's yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, if Mod- Modest Yahoo's doing that, good for him. Yeah, but. good for all of that. I watched like a whole Modest Yahoo viral video the other day, and I was like, what am oh. I doing with my life right <laughs> Wait. now? I was like, whoa. It was like Wait, a like, the close where... the computer and step away moment. Yeah, it's the one where some guy is like in Hawaii, and he's playing the guitar, right? And he's singing a Modest Yahoo song, and Modest Yahoo is there singing along with him and goes, hey, like I'm modest Yahoo, and the guy's like, "Oh, I can't, I can't believe it." And I'm like, "This is bull! Like this is a false flag operation. This is bullshit." Yeah, I can't believe we're talking about it right now. Like, <laughs> like stressing me out. Naomi came here and she was like, "I want to talk about modest Yahoo <laughs> videos and whether or not they're real. I think it's fake." Again, send all modest Yahoo videos and to at Nomi Zeichner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, What's the worst concert you've been to? I don't know. That's a good question. I feel like we've been to a lot of concerts together. A lot totally. of them were like in the like you know. They well. were all good. <laughs> they were all amazing. Yeah. Uh, when I, I went to college, uh, this is this is like not to date myself too much, but when when Jerry Garcia died. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like when Peter Guns was really oh famous, like not like oh, love, love and hip hop famous. Was Peter Guns ever famous? I mean, for one song, <laughs> <laughs> couldn't just go down the street without people screaming Peter Guns. No, Lord Tariq and Peter Guns when that song hit Uptown. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, deja vu. Yeah, deja vu. When that hit, uh, they came to campus. And I was like, I'm gonna go see them, and it was terrible. It, it was, was in you, and it was our cousin's no. great grandmother. It was <laughs> it was packed, and it was just the worst concert ever. You saw... I saw Krayshawn twice. Well, what about Ying Yang? 
Oh, Ying Yang Twins was sad. That was bad? <laughs> yeah, I saw them. Um, they played Santos at like 6 o'clock on a Friday night. It's weird. And, About, um, um, yeah, like two years ago. Six years after they were big. <laughs> and uh, there were, it was the saddest collection of girls like twerking on stage. And it was, also, there, were, there they, were maybe like 10 people in the crowd. Did they get mad that French Montana stole hair from them? Yeah, there was a long, long, <laughs> um, you know, dialogue about how French uh, had broken their trust or something. Yeah, well. I feel like that Yin Yang song with Wyclef is like, a song that I think about all the time. <laughs> I think that Y Club is like riding a wave again. Well, I feel like I tweeted it to you about this. Yeah. <laughs> I think the other day. Yeah, I'm like, I I think that the Y Club, like, it's never been gone or something. Wow. I don't know. I mean, I, I have a l- I don't have any interest in kind of like, I feel like after the Haiti earthquake or whatever, mm-hmm. and when he his was whole riding shit, the like, I have, I actually like, have. A, no, <laughs> I have a lot of like conflicted feelings about supporting him or something. But right, Wyclef is the is your Olympics. <laughs> yeah, something like that. But I think the carnival is like the foundation of everything right now, or kind of has been yeah. since it came out in so many ways. Yeah, um, or just a really good album. Like maybe it's just a really good album. But the it is a really good. It's album. a really good album. Yeah. And then the second one, the one with the rock, the one with the rock yeah. on it. <laughs> Like, I was listening to a lot of Wyclef last week, and I was just like, oh, like, he made some weird collaborations. That was, like, that was like the street single, too, or maybe even the first single. Yeah. Like, uh, it doesn't matter, right? Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, we're not even wrestling fans, and this is just like, we're like, oh, all right. I was banging that, though. And then, like, that and uh, someone please call 911. Yeah. That, which, ha- that has some good replay value. Uh, because your tweet the other day was... Yeah, my tweet was my tweet made somebody. it famous. <laughs> no, but you, you were like you were like somebody passed me the aux cord and I played. That uh, song was a big song. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and I feel like that. Like I don't even remember what year that was, but there was almost kind of. It was like, the year that um, Jerry Garcia. Died. No, <laughs> there was like what the Whitney the Whitney My Love Is Your Love like had, which had like a reggae remix, and yeah. there was like I mean it was also like Sean Paul. I feel like there was a lot going on in pop music that feels relevant to what is going on in pop music right yeah. now. Yeah. I love how you shunned Dave and Fish and were all about Whitney's like <laughs> reggae remix and and Wyclef. Um so okay, so when you're at camp, uh were you so it's a Jewish camp? Yeah, it was like a, a reform Jewish camp. We're reformed too, but yeah. like we don't we're we're I don't know who invented the term, but we are as someone said, Jewish. Right? Oh, someone from my middle school invented. Oh, really? It. Yeah. Was it Joe? <laughs> yeah, he's a herb. Yeah. <laughs> um, but where are you? Are you still like? Because we feel like our values are Jewish. Like that's what's like. That's where we operate right yeah. now, right? And your hair and my hair <laughs> and our noses. You yeah. know, very Jewish. But beyond that, like it's not like we go to temple regularly or celebrate like. The random holidays, you know, but we still get stopped on the street by the guys who want us to shake the lulav. <laughs> yeah. I don't look those guys in the eye. No. No. But because there's two of us, we can, <laughs> we can split them. <laughs> also, I mean, like, I look so Jew. Like, some girl came up to me and she thought I looked like Jeff Goldblum. My boyfriend, who's half Jewish, is always like, you don't look Jewish. And I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? Does, first of all, what does that mean? Right. Yeah. And like, second of all, like, in what way do I not look Jewish? Yeah, what a problematic statement. I think so. But let's, I, I mean, like. <laughs> well, listen, if you live, honestly, honestly, if you lived in the Upper East Side, yeah. you would be they way would more know. Jewish. Yeah. No, Are you he kidding, just, I feel like he met, like, no Jews in his, he's from, like, rural Vermont. So, like, he doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> about anything. No. Yeah, you, however, you came from the town with one Jew. <laughs> 
That's really amazing, though, that there was like one Jew in your in your high school really beyond well, Jews. Well, most of the Jews went to the nicer high school across town. Gotcha. I mean, mo- most of the Jews being like the other six or whatever. Um, but yeah, it was, more a, Jewish. it was a small community. I mean, I, and I think that's why my parents thought it was so important for me to go to this camp where I met all these Jews from Florida mm-hmm. who were cool. Okay. Uh, Wait, but, were they like Miami Jews? Yeah, it was like Miami. Uh, uh, so they were like gaudy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> they were, I feel like they're, I learned so much. I feel like I really like learned, I, I don't know, like, uh, yeah, I learned so much about just like m- being femme, I guess, from that experience. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm definitely not a practicing Jew. I like really, and I don't, you know, I think like, I feel like a lot of these questions about like what Judaism is in my life will be answered or will be things that I think about more. Like if I have a family or whatever, but no, like some of my friends, uh, my very close friends in life who I've known for like 10 years were at this wedding for my brother, Mm -hmm. um, last weekend and they were like, that's the, this is the most Jewish party I've ever been to in my (laughs) life. I mean, I do think that like that my family unit is very strongly culturally Jewish mm-hmm. and like and and strongly like liberal and and all these things so it feels like a I, I feel very much like I identify as having been raised in a culture mm-hmm. and you know we like did Shabbat and we did you know my mom is like an amazing Jewish cook like all all these things that are nice about having a culture and right. I, I think that like but and mostly that like you know in sort of my dad being like an like a immigrant or like an outsider culturally or something specifically that like we really identified like me and my brothers, I think just to some extent as like outsiders, like, Mm -hmm. but like in a positive way, you know? And I, I feel very like lucky to have that kind of identity or any kind of identity really. So, I mean, you're not Jewish enough to look Jewish, but you are Jewish (laughs) enough to run media. (laughs) (laughs) No. Oh my God. I mean, when I got this job, my boyfriend, I was like, was like, yeah, aren't all your bosses Jewish? Like, do you just get the job? (laughs) When I like first got hired after I was an intern for a couple months, and I was like, I don't know, like I'll take it. So okay, so Athens and then Portland, and then you move basically to New York City. How many times had you been to New York before then? I had been. I mean, my my grandparents uh, live on Long Island, so I had been, oh, okay. I had been to New York. Oh, you're much. really Jewish. What are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I had been. I definitely like been to the city. I mean, I I and I had, I had always like I don't think I had like big like. Like, oh, I just, like, want to live on Broadway right, kind of dreams. Right. But I It wasn't, like, Empire State of Mind? <laughs> no. I, and I didn't even, like, watch Sex in the City that much. I'm, like, trying to... I don't really know what I thought was here. I mean, I think that actually it was, like, that I went to college and, like, the recession was so dark. Like, my entire the time... The Jeezy album? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the entire time I was in college, just, like, especially in Portland, which did not have, like, a super thriving creative economy at the time or something, I was just like, what What am I going to do? So literally, it was just... I wasn't like, ah, uh, this amazing New York lifestyle that I'm going to have. I was just, like, literally, like, this is a place where there are jobs. That was, like, the thinking. So, you... Number one, you didn't go to graduate school. And number two, you came to New York and didn't have any, like, specific job that you were going to take. Right. So, you you just started working at a coffee shop? Yeah, so I got I got a job at a coffee shop that was owned by Israelis. Okay. That was my, like, first day hustle. <laughs> the media and coffee shops. <laughs> that nepotism. Yeah. Yeah. It was, like, Israelis who had met at Burning Man, they were crazy. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I've been working coffee in Portland, so I, I like... Wait, are you serious? You met them at Burning Man? No, they, oh, they had met, met at Burning, Burning Man. Man. Oh, gotcha. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I have not been to Burning Man and have no desire to go. So... <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I was just working coffee, but I I had been doing, like I said, all this art education stuff. Like I had taught, I had taught at a number of schools in Portland. So that was like the plan. Mm -hmm. 
but uh, I didn't have like a, I don't know. I just didn't have like, I didn't have, I, in college I like worked during the summers or, you know, I didn't like have interns, you know, I didn't, there wasn't like an immediate pipeline. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, yeah, through like a friend of a friend heard about this job. So I started working at this nonprofit that was run by Yo-Yo Ma. And that was like my first, like, I don't, I don't even, it was like six months or something after I got to New York, I got that job. It was run by Yo-Yo Ma? Yeah, it was like Yo-Yo, I mean, he, Yo-Yo Ma has a big foundation called the Silk Road Project, which he like has oh. like a touring ensemble yeah. called the yeah. Silk Road Ensemble. Yep. So he had this like, I think he still has like through Harvard, like, you know, like a nonprofit and a center and they had, they wanted to do education stuff. So. Did you meet him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was he's he, cool. Yeah? He's cool. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. I don't I, want him to be like an asshole or something. No. <laughs> I, Yo-Yo Ma I know. is an asshole? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, that's Yitzhak Perlman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, th- I thought he was cool. I mean, it was like we had some weird days where like I was like, you know, bringing him into these schools where I'd been working with kids and teachers and he was like in Crown Heights like or whatever. Like, and he, you know, it was like very wide. I mean, I feel like his sort of like he's a very creative curious person and i feel like that was true to true to form i don't know that's Um, awesome yeah Yeah. so so you were there for six or seven months and then what comes next i was there i was there for like a year plus um and then but yeah it was like it was a weird job it was like a half-time job and it was also like at elementary school hours so it was like so you had summers off (laughs) yeah yeah, well, at summer time, we were doing, like, planning and stuff. But, yeah, it was it was just weird. Like, I would go to a school in Flushing at, like, I would leave my house at 4 in the morning. And then, like, but, like, by noon, I would be done. <laughs> and so I was like, what am I doing? And I was, you know, so I was just, like, a little afloat and confused and listening to a lot of rap music, reading a lot about rap music. So I was like, I'm going to try to get an internship. And so Fader was, like, my favorite thing. Yeah. And I was like, let me try to get this internship. And then I did get that internship. And then when they offered me a job, whatever, I, I don't know how many months it was later, I was like, my dad was like, don't quit Yo-Yo Ma. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> and that was, I was like, I think I'm gonna, like, I think I should. <laughs> like, Middle child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, acting out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I think they were cool with it. Like, they were so like, what, whatever. But, you know, my parents are very, like, they value loyalty, some Jewish values there. Yeah. Maybe. Well, yeah. What, what were you doing at that internship for Fader? Like, what did they have you do mostly transcribing which is like almost what you know what a lot of our interns do now i mean i did some like funny research projects i interviewed jasmine sullivan on video one time i remember and then the video got messed up so it doesn't exist i was uh-huh. thinking about this last <laughs> week when everybody was excited about jasmine sullivan yeah, for 10 yeah, minutes yeah. i was like remember that really bad interview i did with jasmine sullivan <laughs> but did you did you wait did you destroy it on purpose because it was no, bad I, I i well i didn't i didn't do anything but i i remember Are the lights getting really bright I, right now i remember <laughs> i remember at the moment being like is it not actually messed up and they're lying to me because I did a bad job like being really paranoid about that did you ever get coffee for anyone while you were interning no because you had such great coffee experience oh true I know I wish they knew I wish they knew Uh, no, no, it wasn't like that at all wait, did that make you did that make you more of a fan of coffee or less because you were around it all day for those however many months have you ever had coffee definitely less I drink coffee every day but yeah no I mean coffee shops are gross like (laughs) and I worked I worked at like a, a, a couple in New York like that year and some of them were really pretty gnarly. I feel like a bagel shop is like the grossest thing. Uh, hopefully not the bagel shop that you mentioned. At least in to this. work at. No, <laughs> that place is amazing. <laughs> but like, yeah. For, Wait, gnarly in what way? I don't know. I don't know. You're just... Like a Sammy Hagar? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like a lot of milk. Like, think about milk. 
Oh. That's really what you're I, trafficking in in coffee. <laughs> like, that's actually, and that's really what all, where all the money is in coffee shops. Like, the only, like, coffee is whatever. I want you to, like, speak directly to the, the cameras. <laughs> And the milk. And, yeah. I don't know. Like Wait. that's where the money is. Okay. <laughs> coffee. Then here, yeah. Do you do you press your own coffee? You just don't like trust anyone else. Like I no 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 no. I I buy coffee at the coffee shop, but we did just buy a co- a, a coffee grinder for our house to, oh, nice. so that the coffee could be fresher. Yeah. Yeah. But that's yeah. not my business. That's my <laughs> no. Yeah. See, this is. Coffee shops, Olympics, and and Wyclef all just untrustworthy like operations. And milk is disgusting. Milk is yeah. Milk is good for you. <laughs> my I my my grandmother is dead, but she had a twin sister who is still alive and mm-hmm. is like the most amazing person in my life. And I feel like she is a, and she's a nutritionist or mm-hmm. had, was a nutritionist, like a doctor for a long time. And she thinks milk is really important. That you should still brave take for adults yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah, she's like, <laughs> she's like, ice cream is actually like the best dessert you can eat because you get some more milk. I don't know. I think bone density becomes a real issue. Oh, yeah, especially yeah. for yeah. women. Yeah, no, it's um, I had a fall on a hoverboard the other day, mm-hmm. and I credit my not breaking every bone in my body to the fact that I drink a lot of milk. Wow. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's scary. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and so that night. We went to our friend Shinsuke's birthday party, mm-hmm. and while we got there, you were just like, something's, In the worst pain. something's wrong yeah. with my ankle and knee Yeah, after that hoverboard injury. Yeah. But then I went to sleep after icing my knee, or icing my uh, ankle. Mm-hmm. I should have iced both of them. Yeah. I, I was broken. And then I woke <laughs> up, and I was totally fine. I'm like, Wolverine. That's <laughs> if crazy. If Wolverine yeah. drank milk. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you were fine all along and you were just experiencing oh. outsized pain. Right? Wow. I, I think it's like a thing that men like experience more pain. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, here we go. Go on. But I don't know. I, I do not know. Conspiracy Someone theory. Someone please yeah. call 911. <laughs> Pick up the phone. <laughs> so, you, so you lived in New York for seven years, you said? Yeah. Do you feel more – would you call yourself a New Yorker now or are you really like – Georgia Pride. Yeah. No, Georgia yeah. Peach. I think definitely. I, I yeah. I don't. I don't have a life in Georgia. I haven't had a life in Georgia. So you're a New since Yorker. I was like se- like sixteen. You know, mm-hmm. like because even yeah. So I, I mean, I don't know what I am. I think so. Like I, I don't know where I would. Well, you move. don't look Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think I'm like pretty committed to being here until there's like a really good reason not to. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm not like I don't like L. A. Mm-hmm. You know, I always say I would move to Toronto, which people think is really funny. <laughs> but wait why would you move to toronto i don't know i feel like it's like pretty big it's mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. nicer than chicago or something or like <laughs> i don't know that's why your, your family could have moved to chicago it's and like pretty pre- jewish mm-hmm. hmm. i mean Drake, and Drake, other yeah, and yeah. other yeah. cultures as well yeah which i enjoy a mix of cultures huge. my mom knows who drake I, like a couple years ago my mom was like okay but have you interviewed drake and I was like, no. Like, and she was like, well, what is your job? Like, <laughs> I mean, at this point, you've had Drake on the cover. Yeah. So that counts. Yeah. I've never interviewed Drake, but I've met him. Right. A couple times. Yeah. Um, one time I, uh, I was, Drake was like trying to shake my hand and the lights in the club were like in my eyes. And so I didn't see him doing so. Very. So I like, he had his hand out for like an extended amount of time and I just like was not. Yeah, just thinking about it at all. And then finally, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so I sort of sunned Drake, but, like, not, ten- not intentionally. That's, that's why Jeff can never go back to Toronto, yeah. by the way. <laughs> yeah. 
No, because if he does, Drake will be like, remember that time you like couldn't <laughs> see me in the club? I felt so bad. Yeah. <laughs> no. Like the Jewish guilt I have is just like overwhelming. I'm so sorry. So you go from interning to then uh, you, you see that this is the path that you want to take. Did you want to be a writer? Did you want to be a blogger? Did you want to be an editor? Did you want to do anything specific? Or were you just like, I like working in magazines and, and that's cool? Or did you want to go back to coffee because that was where the money is? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I was definitely really, I was super into magazines. I was super into like MTV News. You know, like I think yeah. if anything, like this was almost like maybe there was like a kernel in my mind when I was a kid that I was like, I will also be Tabitha Soren when I grow up. And She's like, the best. that I was just like <laughs> gravitating somehow slowly towards like, something like that by uh, the way just real quick aside uh we went to the little yachty like party on uh, the frying pan the boat yeah here in new york and it was a different crowd than you normally see at all rap functions and one of the people waiting online was john norris from mtv news ah. and i was like oh my god like where did you crawl out from he is out here i feel really? like i've had a lot of john norris uh south by southwest sightings and every time I've been like texting someone like <laughs> oh my god it's john norris and then i've been like wait like maybe i should like let this man live like you know? <laughs> fan out no. actually i would fan out like, not even fanning out just like literally like just like stalking vibes i'm not sure if i would fan reporting out if just, i yeah. saw like Tabitha Soren or like Kurt Loder or somebody, but remember the guy. Remember, no, I wouldn't fan out if I saw. Oh, yeah, I'm, no, I'm just saying, like, I, <laughs> right? No, but if I saw, Although, uh, no, you want to know what? I we got retweeted by uh, Kurt Loder once, and I was like, oh my god, we got retweeted by Kurt Loder. Right. So maybe I feel like not. that's pretty cool. But yeah. if I saw, uh, what was that dude's name? Ian. Yeah. Do you remember he was like the punk like drummer dude? Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. No, he was bald. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you not watch MTV? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> You're like, it's Sway and everybody else. Ananda. (laughs) Ananda Lewis. She was super cool. Idalis. Idalis, right. So, okay. So I wanted to be... Suchin Park. (laughs) I wanted to be Suchin Park, but my whole life, no. So, yeah. I mean, I think... And then... But I I was... I mean, I knew I didn't know how to write. And I really really didn't. But you knew you didn't know how to write. Yeah, I was, like, very aware. and, And the people who worked at Fader made me also aware that I was like making a lot of mistakes like I really I mean I feel like it was like literally like year two on the job that I was like oh I finally understand like it's it's and it's or whatever like you know like really yeah like some of these like basic things were just like not things I had how much did you regress in college (laughs) well no I mean I think like in in high school nobody gave a shit and then in college like it was all about big ideas and I was like also like like doing art and building things and like it wasn't <laughs> nobody was correcting my grammar like that there was no time for that like you know like the, the stakes were higher or something right so, too much swimming yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> I had to like figure out some of those things and I definitely did like I don't know there's like yeah they like Schnip, like Matthew Schnipper and Sam Hawkeye Smith used to make fun of me all the time and be like I don't know why you talk the way you talk but you talk really crazy but they were into it and they were like very helpful and you know I think that I just wrote a ton. And now to some, I mean, it was such a different internet. And to some extent now, like, I feel like people, um, you know, young people who are starting at the Fader or just contributing to the Fader, I think, like, wisely have really, are really ambitious and know what the internet is now and kind of want to do ambitious things. And I'm kind of like, but where were you, like, when I had to, you know, like, Figure you, but you haven't blogged yeah. 300 Wiz Khalifa videos, so, like, call me later. Like, yeah. You know, well, yeah, so where do like, you where do you fall along the line of journalism school versus 
DJ Vlad is a journalist. You know, like how do you how do you when you want to hire someone, what kind of resume are you looking for? I think at Fader, we're always just looking for smart people, you know, who like can can prove in whatever way. And I think there's many ways to do it that they're like invested in the culture and curious and have good ethics and like um, are a team player, you know, and kind of like down to like authentically be edited and receive feedback. I mean, I think like so much of how I learned was like being taken to taken, you know, like corrected. And then also like there was a, you know, the guy who's the deputy editor of Fader now, Duncan was like also an intern at the same time as me and knew, I mean, his grammar is a lot better than mine, but it like our, I think our personalities are very complimentary and like, we kind of like do a good job of sort of like switching roles where like, I'll yell at him or he'll yell at me or whatever. <laughs> and I think that we really kind of like taught each other um, like everything. So, and then that was like really good. So from like, I mean, every, like everything from like how to write a really effective conclusion to like what a good thumbnail photo is to like how to hire a manicurist, like <laughs> all of those things we have figured out together. Yeah. So um, I think like, I, I hope in sort of like, that at Fader I can create an environment where people are taking care of each other like that. I mean, I think that's kind of how I think about it. Um, how important is dress when you hire someone? I like, I guess, I don't know. It's not that important. I don't know. There's lots if of... If somebody showed up in, like, a suit. <laughs> I mean, that would be fine if they were cool. Like, I don't know. It's kind of like there's a lot of different ways to look cool. You know, I think of actually there's like, there's a guy who's like a, a, you know, a sort of senior guy at Fader now named Patrick, who's I hired as an intern. And I remember when he came in uh, and I sort of, I was like hiring the interns at the time, but I had to kind of like tell my boss, like, okay, these are the interns I want to hire. And he was like, I don't know about that kid. That kid seemed nervous. And I was like, did you like, maybe not like his outfit? Like, <laughs> cause he did. He kind of just looked like, you know, like maybe, but he, I was like, no, I swear to God, this kid is cool as fuck. And now it's just funny because I've known, you know, he's like, I've known him now for five years or whatever. And he's so, he's like changed. He's changed his image so many times <laughs> or something, or like it's evolved so beautifully. <laughs> um, so, I mean, something I used, I said at Fader when I came back that I still say a lot, uh, it's just like, you know, it's not a, we're not a sorority. Mm-hmm. Like, I do think there was kind of like an old idea, or and I think like not just at Fader, but at lots of these sort of web publications or even at like old rap magazines that you're kind and of And coffee like, shops, sure. And yeah, coffee yeah. shops yeah. that you're like a crew and like right. that the you just have to like be cool with the crew and that like, you know, I'm, I, you know, I was like the work, the work matters and we have to like uh, not just do good work within our own sort of value system, but also like we literally as a business have to compete on the internet right now, guys. Yeah. So that was kind of like a big thing that I came in screaming. But like, <laughs> I think about it now and I'm like, in some ways, in some, in some ways we are kind of like a sorority, like in, in good there's ways. There's like boys there. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I mean, what do you, a fraternity? Right, it's, yeah, yeah. It's a service frat. <laughs> <laughs> Some of my favorite like fader stories include um our mutual friend miles told me that uh and i mean he works at fader but Uh-oh. yeah he told me that french montana came over to do a playback um at the offices and he changed his outfit twice in the middle of one album playback which is like an hour i was not there but that's I, but amazing that's totally true there was like there's a really famous listening story with Khalid that he like held the like he just like spoke to the room for like an hour which is also one I was not there for I mean I feel like one time I Mike Will has been up to our office many times for the course of like my time there and I feel like but one time 
he brought this crazy pink liquor that I don't even know what it was. <laughs> and like he was drinking and somebody else was drinking. I don't know. It just got like, I don't know. It was interesting. And we heard like music that like, I feel like was definitely never released. Like we were like so deep into the like, the songs that like didn't even get put on Miley Cyrus's free album. Like just like <laughs> weird, weird music that was like interesting, but it was just like, what are we doing right now? Um, have you ever invited rappers over to your house? Like we have. I, uh, what's the guy, the three, six mafia guy was supposed to come to my house to grill. Oh, DJ, DJ Paul. Paul. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I actually bought a grill for that reason. <laughs> and it was like this whole thing where we were like, you know, okay, what's something creative we can do with DJ Paul? Let's, he has a barbecue. So let's barbecue with DJ Paul. And then it was like, they were like, well, do you have a test kitchen? I was like, no, I don't have a test <laughs> kitchen. You know, they, they were like, well, we can get a hotel. I was like, I can't get a hotel. So right. I was like, we can do it at my house. And then I don't remember what happened. I think he, he was like, he had been at a show or something or traveling and was like in like, not in the drunk tank, but, like, he was, like, in custody, but only for a second. And they were very apologetic, I remember. <laughs> and I was just, like, but, I, like, again, this is, like, my boyfriend who was, like, Jesus, I went out and bought, I went <laughs> to Home Depot for you yesterday, Naomi. <laughs> and I was, like, well, we'll have the grill. <laughs> have you been grilling since? We grilled yesterday. Oh, we grill good. all the time. It's a great grill. <laughs> yeah. So thank you to DJ Paul <laughs> for that. But, yeah, that was the only time, and I don't, I don't think I would consider it. I mean, I, yeah. Um, I love... How a couple of years ago, when Two Chains was going to drop his second album, Boats Two, the cookbook, the cookbook yes. one, he and Bon Appetit, Bon Appetit got together and they were going to have a listening party at Bon Appetit with the most like yeah fantastic food ever. Right? It didn't happen. Didn't happen because, because he got arrested in Oklahoma. Yeah, in Oklahoma, and he would he wouldn't get off the tour bus. Was it at the airport? No. Oh, was it at that stop that everybody gets stopped at the like yeah. Willie Nelson corridor or whatever? Oh, oh, is it really? There's like there's a place I'm probably just at a lot. There's a, I think it's in Texas. There's like one traffic stop that like every musician has been stopped at. Well, is they that where Nelly avoid got that? <laughs> yeah. One time, you know, the worst concert I ever went to, I went to Eugene, Oregon to see Lil Wayne uh, in like, you know, like, like the Carter two era or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I was really excited and we paid, I think $85 for tea. I remember this so vividly because it was like all my money at the time. (laughs) And, and then he just didn't show up and it was like, cause he was like arrested in Nevada or something (laughs) on the way and Sean Kingston played instead. (laughs) And I just was like so mad, and yeah. Wait, you didn't want to hear "Beautiful Girls"? I love that song. I feel like I literally owned that song on a vinyl single. Like I was a vinyl single. Do you have a record player? I bought no. Now I sold all my records, but in Portland I used to buy like a lot of like rap singles on vinyl. That is so uh, Portland. (laughs) It's so it's so Brooklyn. It's so so Athens. It's so Portland. They they cost like seventy. You know, it wasn't like a lot of money. It was like (laughs) like I don't know. Yeah, there was really good record shops in Portland. But yeah, when I left Portland, I was like, I'm done with this. And I am still done with it. When I get vinyl, like sometimes people send me vinyl to the office, like like good vinyl, like and it always feels like oh, like somebody's really made an effort to like ship this from London, and I'm mm-hmm. just like I literally like I, I gotta give it away because <laughs> right. I don't You're like, want. I am just a cloud girl, like <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't need you cleansed yourself of all your vinyl. You don't you don't need any physical stuff except for a grill. Except for I am mean, happy that we have the grill. I don't. I'm like not attached to having a music collection at all because I just like give up. I give up. Like I feel like I buy albums on iTunes sometimes and then they just like disappear from your phone. Like I don't. I just. I don't I know. I miss MP3s. I miss MP3 culture. I but you know I was thinking, I and maybe this is all like changing by the minute. But the platform exclusivity 
whatever, I think has like, I feel like there are a lot of teens who are learning to download MP3s for the first time right now, hmm. which I think is really fascinating. Yeah, but there's also a lot of teens who are like buying vinyl. Well, I yeah. like, you know, watching Juno. Or and like, being like subscribing <laughs> to Tidal or yeah. whatever. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, no, I, I don't <laughs> I have. Love it. There are I, no teens who are doing that. <laughs> I've never joined there's Spotify or Tidal or, or Beats One or any of those. I just have my MP3 collection on my on my iTunes. But you also use YouTube like crazy. For for newer stuff. Yeah. Unless like, you know, I down and I do download some stuff from like iTunes. And SoundCloud you use. And SoundCloud. Yeah. But for my all my mixtape stuff, like all the stuff that I really cherish from like and even albums that I bought back in the nineties, like you can't find all that stuff no, now on every all service. Gone. Yeah, yeah it's pocket full of mid. <laughs> literally, is is the only place you can find it is on Dat Piff on like and and Dat Piff feels like like so endangered right now. Sure, like it something they redesign. It just feels like it's all gonna vaporize. Do you still use the Dat Piff player? I do, or the app or whatever. I yeah. use it uh, when I work out at the gym. <laughs> no way. Do I you do. use ever my mixtapes app? Uh, is that the live mixtapes one? No, it's like some anyway, some other one that I'm like, what's what is this third party? <laughs> what is this Jessica Simpson of mixtapes? But people say it's good. Yeah. Um, I yeah, I prefer live mixtapes. That's my preferred. Really, you're just like Future. Yeah, well, I think that's probably it's, why it's it was Georgia like Pride. It was Future's <laughs> Future's platform mm-hmm. for all those years. Is there any artist that you feel you clay you lay claim to, like that you were like super early on, or or you rooted for like so much and they really made it uh i mean there's a couple people that i feel like i've been a good cheerleader for i would never lay claim to anybody i mean i, I was who like, did you make it's the real <laughs> <laughs> i we were i was super i was i was a very early and enthusiastic future supporter like i would i think that's true i mm. and to some extent that like now i'm like i don't have a voice or skin in this i mean i'm, I'm like super excited about what he's doing still but it feels like there was like a point where people got so crazy that I was like, I want no part of this. Like, you're hysteria. not part of the future hive. No, I mean, I to- yeah, I'm 100 <laughs> percent part of the future hive. I just like, I felt like there was a time where my cheerleading didn't feel very necessary anymore because there was plenty of people to pick up that mantle. Yeah. But yeah, no, I was like obsessed. Like, Streets Calling, I think, is like really my is like one of my favorite albums of all time. So I, I feel like starting then, I was like pretty crazy and we we sort of snuck future onto the cover of the fader around that time because mm. there was another cover that fell through and i was kind of like guys like now is the moment <laughs> what was the other cover and i think when we look back we're really psyched it was asap rocky um, i think people know that story maybe i don't know <laughs> so i don't know and then i think like uh i feel like i was a big supporter I've, I've been like a good sort of blog cheerleader for a lot of acts out of the bay area sort of the hbk gang universe mm-hmm. and like now kamaya mm-hmm. kaylani like i don't know those are people i feel like that i've kind of followed for a while and then i i actually think like i i wonder what he would say but i i feel that uh like when i think about somebody who i've covered for what seems to me like their whole career and like i've really enjoyed sort of like being a historian in some ways of what they do i think a lot about about mike will because mm-hmm. yeah um, just like all that he has done, which yeah. is so much. He made it. it. Is. Yeah. I uh, not to mention a competitor, but it was a just an amazing anecdote. Did you read the the New Yorker piece on Mike Will? Yeah, it's not. I, well, yeah, yes, I read it. Okay. <laughs> of course. I felt like the story. The whole story was made when the writer went back to Atlanta. And Mike Will had left his car. He spends half his time in Atlanta and half in L.A. And he came back to Atlanta. The writer met him there. And the car that he had 
customized to have like like it was like pimp my ride or something to have this refrigerator put in the back of his car with organic juices all the organic juices had fermented in the time uh. that he hadn't been there and so he had to like lower <laughs> lower it down through all the windows on the highway and, and air the shit out yeah at, yeah at 85 miles per hour or whatever on the I thought that story had like was was nice for like the backstory that I had about him and his sisters and his dad. I thought was like really interesting. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, I thought but that fermented story was, juices. Like, yeah, <laughs> so gnarly. At I least think, it's not milk. I think he lives in LA most of the time. Oh yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I I think so. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I thought though there was a lot. That story I thought was a good example because I I've read most that that writer does a lot of music profiles and stuff about sort of like how songs happen and. Like, I was happy that he wrote that story because he does stuff about super producers and pop producers. And I was always like, why? Like, it's crazy to me that he had never done, like, sort of any rap producer. um, Because, like, rap, we make hits, too. Yeah. Um, So, but, yeah, I thought there was, like, a lot of, like, things that maybe he thought were interesting. Like, oh, like, here's an exchange in the studio. Mm -hmm. This is such a cool scene. And I was like, this is, like, not a cool scene. Like, you know, like, this literally, this is, like, just all that happens all the time. And, like, it's not that interesting. My favorite little piece of a recent Fader story was the Ray Shremard one. That those guys live in Mac Miller's old house where we've been. Oh, well, they don't live there anymore. Oh, they oh. used to I live wish there. I had been there. <laughs> I I was in, I feel like I was in, that house was in Studio City, and yeah, I was in yeah. Studio City, like, last year in the summer, and, like, drinking a lemonade, and saw Ray Shremmerd, like, drive by in, like, a ridiculously big truck, and was like, <laughs> here I am, at the center of it all, like, here they are. <laughs> but, yeah, no, to me, that was, like, I feel like when I found out that detail, I don't, I think, like, maybe Mac Miller told me or something a while mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. And I was like so excited. I told like everybody I knew. I was like, "Here's like some hot. This is like a hot, hot gas. Yeah. yeah, some Ray real Shemard estate news. Have, <laughs> yeah, like literally. You're like uh, a 1920s reporter. Yeah. Like, here's a tip. Yeah. So, so yeah, I had had to get that into the story. That really important detail. I feel like for the fader, like you guys are so good at getting emerging talent. Um, how easy is it to get like established acts on the cover or coverage within the fader? I think it's like a crapshoot like it really depends you know like what they to some extent I mean I think like it's very true in 2016 but probably has always been true it's kind of like these you know you don't have we don't have any leverage against a big talent like that like that the, that's the bottom line that's the real truth like I don't have any money to do to really do anything so I'm just kind of like if you you have to want to be at the Vader mm-hmm. and I think all we do provide is kind of like we, we do have a strong brand with strong karma and I don't think there are a lot of people who kind of do what we do I do think the quality of our stories is quite high the quality of our photos is high but you kind of have to like want to play ball and like that part of the equation is like not up to me which mm-hmm. can be very frustrating <laughs> sometimes sure. when I really just want to make something happen but yeah I mean I and I think we I think that uh I think part of the fader was sort of just like actually circumventing the the tension or the discomfort of that whole process by only working with emerging talent, which I think in a lot of ways is really smart because stories that people haven't done before are the most interesting ones and the most valuable for your company. But I do think like I've in my time, um, you know, over the last couple of years, like really tried to lean into those stories that are a bit harder to negotiate and a little harder to get where it might mean that we have to kind of do things in a different way. Like, you know, there's sort of the, the classic fader model for stories. Like we come, we just show up at your house with like some chill people, like a chill photographer and a chill writer. And we kind of just all hang out for three days. And like, then we write like a really intimate story. And like, 
that can't always happen. You know, like sometimes something has to happen in a day or I don't know, there's like weird circumstances and not with, with sort of without um, kind of like diluting what Fader is, which is something I don't want to do. And while sort of fighting very hard for what I perceive as like the core needs of us to tell a good story, I have tried to be flexible and accommodate you know, and I think like we've gotten ourselves into some weird situations, like a Rihanna cover story with no Rihanna quotes. But right. you know what? And Mary wrote that story, right? Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was a great story. I thought it was Excellent. too. And I think we like we like. I mean, she's a great, right? Like, I was great because she was up to the challenge. Yeah. And the photos were really, you know, I think that like there was a lot of meaningful participation from Rihanna in that story. And obviously, the whole project was like worth doing, but it was a challenge. Like, I felt like we were like doing like like a matrix backflip <laughs> to try to figure out how to do it without being like just pathetic. So, uh, do yeah. Do you know if Rihanna actually ended up reading the piece or no? I don't, I think so because, or, well, somebody did. Somebody who writes on her Instagram did because in the Instagram <laughs> comment, she like wrote out Mary's name. So somebody was like at least, you know. Yeah. I, they got to the byline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think often like, you honestly, you never really know. I remember like when we did a Two Chains cover back in the day, I remember like dropping the piece and then just like within two minutes, uh, one of his people calling with like a, a really specific complaint about something sh- small. <laughs> and that was like, I, fr- I don't even remember what it was, but I remember being like, no, no, seriously, like read the piece and you'll realize that this is not the case. Like, just like, just like take a deep breath and finish reading it. And some like, so yeah, they were like, call the printers. It's all, <laughs> yeah, it's over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, I think, I think in your tenure there, it, you, you've done a, a really amazing job in balancing the newer acts and the more established acts. And I think that the fact that, that the fader brand is not tarnished with a Drake on the cover or a Rihanna cover certainly is a testament to you and the brand. And I think that we can both agree that the veteran artist you need to get on is the cover Bubba is Bubba Sparks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sold. Let's do it. Yeah. Can't go anywhere without people who's talking to Naomi about <laughs> Bubba Sparks. And Modest Yahoo. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming over. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> oh my god. So Jewish. Thanks everyone for listening to this week's episode of A Waste of Time with the Real Jeff. If people are looking for five, six, seven places for more information on It's The Real, where can they go? You can talk to our doormen. You can talk to our neighbors. You can also talk to our mom. Or you can go to iTunes or go to SoundCloud.com slash A Waste of Time. You can also go to FullScreen.com slash It's The Real. You can check all of our episodes out for your viewing pleasure. Time up. Twitter, it's the real. Time up. Instagram, it's the real. Time up. Facebook, it's the real. Time up. Also, we are on Snapchat. What's that? It's it's the real and it's the real Eric. This podcast is going to remain stagnant. It's never going to grow if the two of us are the only people talking about it. So, please, go tell a friend and then have that friend go tell another friend and tell family and tell strangers. Just talk about it's the real. Right. We want our fan group to be a Ponzi scheme. We want to pull out the card and the whole thing fall down. Do you have a friend to tell about this podcast? This is not a friend. This is a listener. I want to tell Christian Vitt, C-R-I-S-T-I-A-N Vitt, V-I-T-T, on uh, Instagram. He, uh, He enjoyed the Zaytoven podcast, and I feel like he would enjoy hearing his name weirdly being talked about right now if you're christian bit look into the stereo we're talking to you button your shirt i 
would like to shout out a friend of ours and a listener, Amir Abbasi, also known on the internet, has blamed the label. Wow. Just like it sounds, spelled out, blame the label. Christian Vit. Amir is just one of the most wonderful people online and in real life. He has a great musical history with Rockefeller, having managed Freeway. He's working for All Depth Digital out in Los Angeles right now with Russell Simmons. If you're not following him on Twitter, you are missing out because he gives out gems for free. It's it's really surprising to me that he hasn't like put all these things into a book and sold them, but you know what? He's the type of person to give out advice just because he cares about this business and cares about people and he's just a very caring person and cares enough to tune into this podcast every week. So shout out to Amir. He also has a very full beard. And he has a full beard. Shout out to Amir. Shout out to everyone who's listening. Go tell everyone about it. Jeff, do you want to do this again next week? Nah, for real. Not for real, for real.